Welcome to the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser. In my many years as an animator and director, my most defining projects have been my short film, Layers, along with Vanishing Ink and Cirque de Solitude, two books which I wrote, illustrated, and pitched at several studios as feature films. And I have more of these feature film pitches coming soon. Today I have a very inspiring guest, Denver Jackson. This guy blows my mind. He's not only animated a couple short films on his own, he's animated a couple feature films on his own. <laughs> and uh, having animated several shorts on my own, I, I, I have a great appreciation of, of what that's, that is. We were talking before the live cast began, and you know my, my short film layers took me, for four minutes, it took me six months. And uh, he was able to do, in about a year or two, he was able to do you know, these, these couple of feature films. So it's pretty amazing. Anything I left out, Denver, anything you'd like to add? I know that sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're saying the short film took, uh, how long? Layers took six months, six months. Yeah. Animating alone and doing the backgrounds and everything on my own. Right. And, and there was a pre-production stage. So I, okay. a couple of years I was planning it out and redoing the storyboards at least five times. I reboarded the thing. So Right. Yeah. Like redrafting different versions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my short, my first short film took like almost eight months. I think eight that's months. around maybe 11 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the quality of animation is not great at all in that first one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But it was a learning process going through the whole, all the stages of animation mm-hmm. and yeah. from storyboarding to, you know, compositing and what have you. That's yes, how I actually found it. out how to do it. Yeah. Just learning the process. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, let's jump in. We, I really want to know about your process. Uh, you, you're telling me that your short film, that first one took you eight months and then what, what took you a year? Another short film took you a year. And yeah. Then, so the one after that took me a year. Um, and then as Luna took you, how long? Uh, the web series took me eight months to do. That was okay. around eight months. Yeah. Um, and the web series was a full feature film, but you broke it up into chunks and released it as a web series correct uh well we were funded as a web series so it's okay. technically a web series yeah it's the time length though um when you put it together compress it it's like kind of feature length style yeah but, yeah yeah but uh my first feature is the one i'm just working on now in post-production on it so yeah yeah she has a working title so it may or may not be the current title <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's interesting that you know your first short film was in 2d as luna was in 2d with a bit of cg in there right mm-hmm. and then this one seems full cg with some yeah. 2d element, elements right with this one i actually wanted to dive in to 3d and learn a bit more about 3d this was the first time i'm animating with rigs uh-huh, so yeah. the beginning of the process i figured i would start learning how to animate with rigs the entire thing is 3d but all the faces, the hair, the hands, those all 2D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the hair did look 2D in the trailer to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I still wanted to get that 2D quality uh-huh. that look. I wanted to keep the traditional like limited animation style. So everything looked like it's hand-drawn and cel-shaded. So the cel-shaded look sometimes feels like, I feel like to audiences, it feels like they're being cheated or they're mm-hmm. trying to be tricked with uh, cel-shaded looks, yeah. um, specifically in like anime. Yeah, and yeah. Some, pe- some people don't like that. But I think if, because we always look at the faces, the the hands, the hair, I figured doing it all, the, all of those in 2D might 
help with that style. It makes it easier to rig too. Rigging a face takes is just yeah. as longer longer than the body. <laughs> yeah, there's no rigs on the face. Um, since yeah. this was my first time doing it too, uh, I I'm not a rigger. My like learning how to weight paint and it's it's a lot of work and I still oh, yeah. haven't figured it out. <laughs> you did the rigging yourself. I actually used um, Adobe Mixamo. Okay. I can't, I can't sculpt either in 3D. So basically oh. all my models, all my models are kind of Frankenstein together from online uh, resources, which is kind of limit, limiting in a way because yeah, yeah. you have, I'll do concept art and then I kind of have to look online for body parts that kind of fit my concept art. So I'm just like kind of Frankensteining things together and uh, yeah, just bashing everything. Once I have the model, I uh, upload it to Adobe Mixamo Mm -hmm. and then it actually creates a rig for me and spits it out. And then I use that, which is not the best rig. I have an animation friend who's directing, uh, who directed two, three features now. Uh And he was over at my place and looking at my rigs and he's like, these aren't great rigs <laughs> yeah you should really figure out how to use better rigs but i mean it's my first time doing it too so yeah 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 and that's fine i mean i did a short film it was about a five minute short film that i don't show to anybody anymore <laughs> <laughs> but i built the whole rig myself i modeled it i did all the weight painting and and yeah it's uh i look back to that rig in my mind having worked in cg animation at the top you know top studio rigs and right it, it was so far behind <laughs> Oh, <laughs> nothing like what they have. But that's part of the learning process. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did build another rig when I was working at a university making promo videos for them. And uh, that rig was better, but still like the face. There was right. just in the face that I just look at it and I'm like, oh, that, it's just <laughs> properly. And yeah. So yeah. It's all um, process, but we got it done. Like we, we've cranked out footage. That's the idea is get the creative vision out somehow. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, quality will come gradually with time so yeah and you don't enjoy showing that you don't look at your history and like oh i've come this far oh i look at myself (laughs) but you don't show anyone no no it's hidden there (laughs) you want to see it maybe i'll send you a private link or something sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I, i'm never really i don't like the idea of being ashamed of yeah um works i've done before just because it's you know it it's not only nice for me, but also nice for other people to see the process and how far you can go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially starting out. And- yeah, the, the re- my reason for hiding it. So I, I'm not hiding it from, like, if somebody wants to see it, I'll gladly show it to them. Right. I'm hiding it for sake of um, clarity and making sure that people know when they get Scott Weiser's brand, they get this quality. So Yeah, that makes sense. That's part of the reason for it. But yeah. I keep some things up just to show that, that, you know, there has been a big progression in the past couple of years. And right. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm terrible at thinking about social media and like branding and. <laughs> oh, me too. It's, it's a, a beast. <laughs> yeah. It's a daunting process. Like when I'm making a film, I kind of just turn everything off for like yeah. a whole year. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I might lose some friends in that process because I don't answer messages or texts or emails but <laughs> yeah 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 the ones you who stick with me at all do you to get any interaction with people or um it's usually i'm pretty cut off it's usually yeah. only after i've finished a project that i'll be more free and go out socialize during the you production introvert, then sorry so introverts recharge by being alone and extroverts right. 
recharge by being with people. So you must be more of an introvert. Yeah. I don't, I'm I mean, kind of I, on the edge. I, I recharge uh, in the social situations, but then once you get to a certain point, it starts depleting my <laughs> right alone <laughs> time. So I need I need both, like a mixture of both. So. Okay, yeah. I might be very similar because I enjoy um, social situations. Uh, and introverts do enjoy social situations, actually. right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I am an introvert. I have no idea. Yeah, talking to you, talking to you, you feel you feel great to talk to. So um, awesome. it's listening to how your energy works, like. If you're right. able to block yourself off for that long and you don't need that social interaction, it seems like being alone and, and working on complex problems recharges you. Right. I mean, it's a little different to like being in your own studio space talking to you now, but I've been on um, projects where I've worked for so long and then having to go out and try and sell or market or at a film festival or something. Yeah. And it's it's a little tough at first trying to get that energy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you've been you've been used to one mode of working, and suddenly, like this is a new exposure. Exactly. And I think that's why social media and business and entrepreneurialism is so challenging for for artists. And yeah, uh, but to be a freelance artist, you have to be somewhat of an entrepreneur. Yeah, like you were yeah. telling the way you fund your films is, is through government grants. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that, that's a fascinating process. I wish we had more of those things around here. That uh, right. I, I would yeah. be doing more of what you're doing <laughs> rather than freelancing and doing the original content at the same time. Right. But yeah. the thing is, the grants I do apply for, they're not specifically for animation. So mm -hmm. they're more live action grants. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so I'm when I do apply, it's pretty much I'm kind of the only animation there that they're getting. Mm -hmm. Because animation just costs so much. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so yeah. it's like a ridiculous thought to be going in for like a micro budget feature live mm -hmm. action, but you're doing it all animation. So the, the amount of money I get, that's partly why I do it myself too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to be able to pay artists. That's a huge thing for me. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Which um, is why I'm working on my own on so many things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. exactly it. And you just kind of do it yourself out of necessity. Right. More. right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also fun at the same time. But <laughs> it is, it is, it is exciting because you're like, wow, I can't believe I stretched myself in that direction and that direction. And exactly, um, yeah. But then working with people is very similar. So mm -hmm. having managed, you know, various sizes of people, it's it's amazing to see an artist that you didn't realize that that was inside of them. But right. This inkling of it, and you're like, if I just yeah. put them, and then they come out with a surprise, and that's that's really rewarding as well. Right. That's yeah. kind of partly what I miss about. Uh, live action because I started out in live action. I'm mm -hmm. um, doing live action film, and the big thing I miss is people yeah. <laughs> collaboration. Yeah. It's like getting excited about something. Mm -hmm. Like if you're working with the DOP on the set or something, and the DOP starts talking about lighting, how to like light a certain shot, and then you both get excited about lighting. Uh, you know, going back and forth about ideas, and then yeah. implementing those ideas. That's what I miss about. Working alone now is so isolating and yeah. there's no real artists or no one I'm working with around to get excited about, you know, like ideas or shots I'm doing or yeah. like, ah, this is awesome. I have no one really to share it with, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that sounds good or, <laughs> tough or you know, it, it can be tough. Yeah. And then sometimes you, you know, like, I think this is mostly being an artist but you're unsure about a lot of things mm -hmm. as well and you don't know if something's working or not mm 
Yeah. And it having people around to bounce ideas off of is great in that respect as well. Oh, it's so, fantastic. Yeah. In fact, I, I find it to be crucial, which yes. is why yeah. I'm trying to get, you know, big funding so that we can do a, you know, a feature with a team yeah. and that sort of thing. So, yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about process because I, I really want to dive into that. So when I was working in the studios, I did have a reputation of being one, one of the fastest animators. So I prided myself on being fast, but then I see what you did, you know, I'm like, right. okay, how did he, how did he do this? Cause I look at, I mean, the backgrounds are top notch. The animation, if I were directing you as an animator, I would, I would have you do several more passes on, on a lot of the stuff I oh, see. Definitely. And some yeah. of the things I'm like, wow, that shot just nailed it. You know? <laughs> Which is, is really the process of an animator. You know, sometimes I can just nail a shot and I don't have to work on it hardly at all. And sometimes right. it's a lot of planning and refining and redoing and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I know I know that you uh, you know, you have a certain level of quality that you hit that that's good enough as long as you're telling a good story. Yeah. And, uh, what are what are your other techniques for really saving time and, and cranking things out so quickly? Well, I mean, like you said, uh, there are you would have me do, if you were directing me, you would have me do more passes on animated shots. Yeah. And I think um, working on something on your own by yourself, you kind of have to sacrifice a lot. Yes. So there's a lot of animation in there that's very minimal. Like it's, I'm like, okay, just three frames for head turn. That will work here. That's, yeah. that's good enough to tell the story. Right. It's, yeah. So I'm just always. I a lot of that as I watched your Luna in particular. I detected right. Like, yeah, yeah, he did that on fours, you know, or he did that. Yeah, exactly. He didn't do the in-betweens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's sacrificing a lot in terms of animation, I think. And I'm not classically trained as an animator either. Yeah. I don't, I don't pride myself on my animation really, but Mm -hmm. it's more focused on the storytelling and actually telling a story visually and making sure. uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say making sure I hit a certain quality yeah. look that i'm going yeah for. yeah like yeah. the backgrounds and the textures and, and that sort of thing those are mm-hmm. really quality and i can tell right. that that's where you put your your pride is in is yeah in the, in the story of course yeah yeah so um the backgrounds uh it's funny working on shorts from like maybe six years ago i've actually been accumulating a ton of stock so all my Hmm. paintings use sort of a very similar style, my background paintings. So I've kind of created like the stock library of trees, rocks, grass, anything I need. So now making the feature, I kind of just put things together that in terms of whatever layout I need it. Yeah, I've been doing that with client work. Especially this, right. I have a client that they often send me the same style of video that they right. keep meeting <laughs> things out. And so, yeah, but I keep getting faster and faster at it. It's like, uh-huh. that used yeah, to take two weeks, but now I can do it a little bit faster. And Right. Yeah. 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 It's like a library. Yeah, exactly. Creating your own little shorthand of doing things. Um, it's yeah. not always the case. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there are some backgrounds in there that are, say, like buildings and things like that, where I have to paint things from scratch. Oh, I know. And I can tell. I can tell when I look at it. It's like, oh, right. I, yeah. I just do work. I just- <laughs> so much work work. how was he doing that (laughs) right (laughs) yeah yeah it's an interesting process just getting things uh having that library of stock and then also doing more uh, fresh paintings because i'm also creating new stock for future projects as well you are every single time yeah (laughs) yeah 
And it would be kind of hard for me to do that personally, because I want to, I always want to change style. I want to always be experimenting with style. Yeah, right. That's one of the things, you know, getting in my way of speed. Uh-huh. But at the same time, we had a discussion beforehand. There is, there is also something to be said for always pushing quality and always exploring that way as well. Definitely. But I think yeah. you're doing a little bit of that. I can tell. Do you, do you do an animatic? Yes, I do. You edit um, all words together in a... Yeah, so uh, for this current feature that I just did, I spent two months on storyboarding and then another month. Um, <sighs> I do all my storyboarding by hand as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, um, it's because I like to... I'm spending so much time behind a screen on the computer Yeah. that I want to be able to sit behind a desk and actually do yeah. things more traditionally. And so I do all my boards by hand and then I scan all my boards as well. And that's a whole process scanning each. You don't uh, want to hire an intern for that or something. <laughs> like I right. these backgrounds, hire the intern and we'll. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I created the whole animatic from the storyboards as well. And then I go from there. The, the, the animatic is a great jumping off point for animation, you know, having that yeah. baseline there. Oh, else. Um, yeah, exactly. Or else you kind of feel lost. Like yeah. you're just like starting shot and then there's no real direction to the sequence that you're doing. Or even if I'm redrafting sequences, I'll do little thumbnails. I, I want to like fully board it because I'm in the like in the thick of it with production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do like a whole draft of uh, thumbnails and then I'll... Now redrafting, you're like, this shot doesn't work the way it's flowing. So I gotta... Well, the sequence doesn't work or changing story points as okay. well. So I'm never really stuck to the story I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm always open to like flow and yeah. uh, new ideas. Yeah, me too, um, for sure. Yeah. What's yeah. the way to work? Exactly. Yeah. Way to work. It's much less expensive to do it on your own than it is to do it with a team, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I would like to see your boards, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like my, my head around how you work that way. Cause I just, as I mentioned before, I have a animated fantasy musical that I'm pitching. Right. I boarded the first five minutes and between writing the music, directing the co-composer, doing all the boards myself, that took a month. And so right. you spent two months on a two hour feature. It's just like, this guy's working 20 times, <laughs> 40 times faster than me. <laughs> right. But I mean, my work schedule is I usually start working around 10 or 11 uh-huh. in the morning and yeah. then I'll, act, I'll go to like f- three or 4 a.m. Uh, how do yeah. you do that? So that's my work schedule. And it's like, I don't leave the house, right? I, it's right. like usually seven days a week. I'm just behind my computer or behind my desk, just drawing or You don't look working. out of shape, though. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's a good thing. I, I kind of, usually closer to the end of productions, I start to feel a little unhealthy. Okay. Yeah, oh, I yeah. would. I yeah. Like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, I just, I went for... A little walk yesterday and i started to get cramps in my legs <laughs> oh, okay okay yeah. yeah yeah so even though i don't look it i i might feel out of shape inside or be out of shape inside yeah yeah, yeah. well and my new thing has been all balance lately so i've done i've been doing a lot more exercise than usual seeing how that impacts my work energy and it it has impacted it. it's impacted quality at least i don't know about I bet, yeah food, but and then of course you know I just realized that I, I have four children and a wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that takes a lot, lot of energy and effort. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm always on this constant search for deep truth. So that takes a lot of time too. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of think about things in ways that I haven't thought of and have interesting conversations and that sort of thing too. So Yeah. So like yeah. my work schedule, I wouldn't recommend anyone doing it. I, I would. Yeah. I would. <laughs> 
so you, i'm you starting rsi for a bit too like in your hand or um your yeah. hand was hurting for a while you needed yeah to the web series because i was drawing every frame oh. and it wasn't done in 3d like this one so drawing every frame i started to get like pain in my hand in my wrist yeah. and when moving to the feature this feature i really started to think about how i can minimize the amount of drawing i can mm-hmm. do which is why i moved to 3d yeah that's the sole reason for it yeah but um did it speed you up the 3d it it, it did it improved <laughs> the quality and it sped things up and i get to have more frames as well mm-hmm. um because i'm not drawing every frame so yeah I, exactly. yeah and yeah the the overall quality is something that I'm really happy with. So uh, the trailer just like it does look like a big step up from Esluna. So yeah, the web series it was eight months to do, yeah. and it wasn't a lot of time. And I had to like just push myself. I pushed myself a little too hard with that one, and yeah, yeah resulted in my wrist. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, which is yeah. a common. It's not a common problem just among you know people who work alone and long hours it's it's common among mm. artists who work at all levels in studios and stuff it's yeah it's a constant state of conversation that we were always having i had a guy yeah. he would get tennis bands okay he wore tennis bands as he worked and how does that I was, help really it helps help tennis players so it just kind of it restricts the movement of the wrist a little bit more oh, okay not moving it quite as much to get a right stress injury right Ah, okay. And I, I was starting to feel a little bit of stuff in my wrist, and it could have been, it could have been psychological. You know, right. <laughs> I still got the bands, and I felt it helped. So, oh, cool! Yeah. I should try that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to take take care of you, Denver. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny before we were talking, uh, before we launched the the live cast, we were talking about Ponyo and how one man did all the backgrounds in Ponyo, and he said one guy. He was amazed, <laughs> and I was like, well, he's no Denver Jackson, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool to hear those stories. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool. It's, I mean, the the quality of of the backgrounds in Ponyo is just remarkable. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love um, the the very like the crayon style quality in Ponyo. Yeah, and he really did pull out crayons and used crayons in the background. Right. It's, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's very yeah. childlike and. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. My um, my father doesn't really appreciate uh, Miyazaki like I appreciate Miyazaki. <laughs> and oh. w- when he saw Ponyo, he said, "When you direct f- a feature, I hope it's a bit more sophisticated." And I was like, "Dad, you have wow. no, you have no idea how amazing that film was." <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. get it, I guess, because the child yeah. quality of that film. You know, with Totoro, I watched Totoro as an adult alone, and I was like, "Hmm, I liked it." You know. Right. I enjoyed that. But then I watched it with children and that's a whole new experience. It's like, Oh man, wow, this thing is pure magic. <laughs> yeah. I bet like seeing it through a child's eyes as well. It's sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it is incredible. It makes you want to make that kind of stuff, you know? Right. So much children's entertainment. I just kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> just, yeah. Even if the animation's interesting, like in Pocoyo, Pocoyo has a beautiful animation style that, right. that isn't very simplistic. So I, I get a benefit out of that. But mm. Totoro is just one of those, you know, Miyazaki films are those, he really, like, he's making a film for kids, but he's making it amazing for kids. Like, it's yeah, you can make it. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. And Ponyo, even. I used to work in a uh, old folks home as a nurse. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I did this. Yeah. yeah. And so like the seniors in Ponyo, it's really it he captures like the 
the whole atmosphere really well as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah, his directing style is just mind blowing. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, as as I was doing this um, this current project that I just finished, mm -hmm. I would, as my warm ups, I would draw Miyazaki boards. <laughs> Oh, awesome. And holy cow, like they look amazing as I'm looking at them, but you draw them and you're thinking, how did he get that much information in such a squiggly line? Like, yeah, right. how, did, how did he do this? How did, and it, it actually paralyzed me a little bit. Oh no. Um, as I was working because I had such a high benchmark of quality in my mind. Right. So there was a certain period of time that I was like, I was coming home miserable every day. <laughs> uh, and my yeah. wife was like, you know, remember this is a gift, you know, this right. month. The business had to raise a lot of money to pay for this and you know, right. and that. So think of it as a gift. And I'm like, yeah. I know it's so hard. Well, fi I finally hit my stride and then the quality showed up. And that was an amazing, amazing experience to be like, holy cow, that just, that feels like it's a Miyazaki board. Like, awesome. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. You know, and so yeah. it, was, it was worth going through the pain, you know? Yeah. yeah. Trying to find that Miyazaki shorthand. <laughs> I'm not there quite yet, but, <laughs> but it's happening. It's, it's happening. So yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I can't, I have to look at the time. Okay. We have, we have 15 more minutes. So okay. did you, <laughs> you play music? I see a, I see a piano in the background. Do you, are you? Oh no, that was actually, um, my friend, uh, Mark Junker. He's, yeah. uh, one of my music composers on my films. Okay. And, back during right out of high school he used to come over and <laughs> make music for my films here in my space and so i just yeah. have he just left that there because he got better equipment <laughs> that's so cool yeah <laughs> i don't play at all though it doesn't have a full-size one though no it's uh, not size. i think it's yeah it's it's pretty i don't even know what full size is for, yeah, yeah it looks like it to me but <laughs> yeah I, I actually grew up playing the piano oh really this piece that I just did, I co-wrote the music. So I wrote the song and the lyrics and all that. And then, Oh, uh, that's incredible. And the piano accompaniment. And then he, he went and did all the instrumentation and there were sections wow. that were, I want this to happen. And I kind of sang it for him. And then he, right. he filled in and he was brilliant. Okay. Brilliant. I, uh, by his demo, I was wondering, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, and we've, we've had, but we had lots of conversations about music composing and, right. And in depth, like, cause I, I have composed music and I understand the process and, and I really want to find the right collaborator who can, who can help me write this full feature musical. Right. Right. But he, he just jumped in and he went, you know, all, all steam ahead <laughs> and awesome. he, he came out with some wonderful, wonderful stuff, stuff that surprised me. And it was, there were certain points that were exactly what I wanted, but there were also points that were like, wow, I did not expect something that good. Like it's better yeah. than what I ha had in my head. So, right. That's always what you expect um, is those surprises from artists. Yeah. 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 I'm excited yeah. to do a feature with him. <laughs> right. <laughs> this thing funded. And, and yeah. Yeah. I'm always a little jealous if you're an artist, but you can also play music. That's oh, yeah. Really... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can sing too. So I, there's an old lady in the anime. Right. I sang her part because <laughs> okay. she's supposed uh -huh. to be a bad singer. So I was like, I'm going to just do this. Right. It sounds really yeah. good. And then there's a, there's an operatic moment from a male. And uh -huh. uh, I sang that as well. And wow. it, was it was fun to, to, right. Like, oh, this will be great. Like if, if we get a whole team of people and I'm like doing this voice here and that voice there and that, you know, yeah. some of it will actually end up in the final. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, right. Because it's like Brad Bird doing Etna, right? In the yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was 
<laughs> I actually was thinking specifically of Brad Bird as I was thinking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how to do that voice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. How far along in the process? So you, so you have an animatic. I have an animatic, and the music right. sounds top notch. Oh nine. man, incredible. Not, not but good (laughs) but uh yeah it's uh so the animatic's done um i'm gonna record a like a director invitation where i'm just inviting like i'll be sharing it with people who i know could help me get it funded right help me with the producing or build the team or or whatnot so Mm -hmm. and then i will send it out to them and we'll work on on finding the funding and awesome yes one of the guys was a direct or he was a one of the producers was a guest on this show Mm-hmm. Uh, he co-founded Walden Media. They did the Chronicles of Narnia movies and Bridget okay. Terry, yeah, Charlotte's Web. Right. Uh, the, the list just goes on and on. He's done a lot of a lot of work. Wow. So he's uh-huh. one of the potential people. He's he's amazing. And oh, cool. They're uh, yeah, and it was layers of all things that that got his attention. Nice. Like I thought layers was done right in my brain. Right. I was yeah. like, I did it. I learned a lot from it. It's done. It's done all uh-huh. that it can do. But. Layers just really ignited his mind and he just right. he, he really loved it. So you never yeah, know what your work is going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The process, like, it's like seeing, you know, you've, you've worked on this thing for so long and it's like seeing your kid go off to university, like out into the world, you put your yeah. palm out there. And then... well, you see the scar on the back of his leg and the little moles on his neck. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you think about how, how he's not very good at finances and <laughs> he's maybe a little spacey and, and might get distracted right. and, and somebody might mug him, you know, you got, <laughs> you got all these, these thoughts and you see the yeah. car too, hopefully. And uh, Right. My short film cloud rise, when I put it online, it got uh, the Vimeo staff pick. Yeah. And then I started getting a lot of emails and phone calls from people asking if I had uh, feature film ideas for animation. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was I was just really young at the time, but I I should have said yes. I yeah, do. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> but I was I was just like telling everyone, oh, I'm I'm fo- trying to focus on live action right now. I'm not doing anything animated. I might butcher the story, but the guy I think his name is Michael Uslan. He he's the guy who bought Batman from DC, right? And then pitched it for 13 years or more until finally they got the Tim Burton version of Batman up. But they said, don't you, this is a waste of your money. Don't buy this, you know? Right. He really believed in it. Yeah. He, how did he, Oh, I might be mixing a couple people up, but I remember that like, it might've been him that how he got his job. Like it might be somebody else, but it was a really cool story about how they got a comic, like pretty much by just, he came up with it that night. Like he's like, Oh yeah, I have wow. a perfect idea for it. And he had mm-hmm. no idea, <laughs> Wow! <laughs> but he knew he could have a perfect idea. So he went sat down and, right. just, and came up with an idea and said, this is my idea. And they ran with it. Yeah. Avatar, yeah. the last airbender has a very similar story too, where it was like, like within two weeks of them coming up with the idea, they had it greenlit. Wow. And that's one of the best series ever. I'm not yeah. even in animation. It's one of the best series ever. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's just, they do, so they had a green ledge and then they did, I guess, that a pilot episode. Is that how it works? Yeah, possibly. I don't know that that part oh. of the process, but I know they had a green okay. To, okay. You, I, I, probably yeah. that pilot and then and then they got the money for the rest of it. So Right. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I love The Last Airbender and uh Korra as well. Those are yeah, yeah. two really good shows. <laughs> yeah, Avatar in particular, it really blew up on Netflix. It was it was right. interesting. Like it was there and then I saw I saw fan art of Avatar everywhere, you know? 
Right. Yeah. As soon and as it went up. Like, wow. It's amazing that this project has, I don't think they anticipated that kind of life. Yeah. That, that project. Right. They right. probably thought it was, it was done and, uh-huh. yeah, but Netflix yeah. comes along and suddenly there's a new fan base there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's been on Netflix Canada for a while. Yeah. Uh, oh, so okay. I think we had it before you guys did. We also we have a little vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do, how do I get there? Maybe I should need to just go to Vancouver to now that doesn't work. <laughs> my library has all of them and I have most of them myself. So my yeah. watch them myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have same with me. I have all the Ghibli films and last airbender and Cora in yeah. my library. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I still have to get the last airbender and, and that, but right. it will yeah. be in the library. It's too good. It's just, yeah. I, I remember going to um, San Diego Comic-Con and they had that, uh, the finale episodes screening. So mm-hmm. I think it was the last three episodes. Yeah. And I remember being in that big room, everyone seated in there. It was packed. We had to line up. We didn't even know if we'd get in. Yeah. And just sitting in that audience who are all fans of the show, just feeling the emotions yeah. behind the, that, those last few episodes. It was incredible. Like, because yeah. you usually just watch it at home on the TV, but actually being in this, in the theatrical, like ex- kind of experience. Yeah. You know, well, the series, the series we watched before the last airbender. Mm-hmm. Uh, was interesting. Cause I actually knew how the series ended. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not into the spoiler culture. Right. I, I actually like to know spoilers because I want to know what the point is, right? And yeah. they've actually done studies that they found that when you know the, how the movie's going to end, you actually will enjoy it more. Right. Because you understand there's a meaning behind what you're, you're watching. The series, I knew the ending. And actually, up until the end, like the last three, four episodes, I thought mm. it was the right ending. But then the way they were treating it, I was like, hmm, that's the wrong ending. And then we saw the ending and it was the absolute wrong ending. So I went and actually looked. Uh-huh. The, like what the top episodes were and they they have websites where they rank what everybody's favorite episode are and it was just all over the place right this was the t- top it was like something from the first season and right with yeah. the last airbender the the top episode on that same website was the last episode wow <laughs> you know and you know okay they did it right yeah this was the this was the episode that had the impact right this the episode that had the climax uh-huh. all so, the meaning came together so because you kind of knew the ending you didn't feel like it fit or it didn't click with that other fitting or yeah. with the other yeah with avatar it was perfect um okay. with this other series that i won't say what it is but oh okay series right uh, yeah. fantastic series the acting uh-huh. so good and the writing uh-huh. was so good and i was just uh-huh. there was one point where there's an actress that um, her character changes a lot and then her acting got worse <laughs> right. uh-huh. yeah. that, you know? she was a character you weren't supposed to like anyway so it was fine right. <laughs> but i mean just on the part of the the main actor i mean right. i almost came to tears by by some of his performances how good they were okay how right on he was and the dynamics of the the characters they were just so fantastic but yeah isn't there like a thing in story where like the ending what is it? The beginning and the ending are the hardest things to write. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's also a, a second act, second act problems. Yeah. Right. Second <laughs> act problems. Half of the second act is, is where I have struggled more on earlier stories that I've written. And okay. now I actually just really plan for that part. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really do that. Part well, and it, it goes smoothly now. Right. So I just yeah. plan on the outlining stage, but the beginning and the ending is like, you're setting all the rules up at the beginning. Yeah. all the expectations and then you fulfill those expectations or do something with those expectations in the climax right and yeah. 
So that's why I knew it was the wrong ending for that particular series. Right. I see. And I think I know why they did it. They did it to be cutting edge. They did it to be artsy. You know, they did it right. to, to say we are true artists here and we right. dare to do this with the ending. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, you may dare to do it with the ending, but it was the wrong ending. Right. Yeah. Half of your audience is like, why did it end that way? You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> when more than half of your audience is saying that, you know, it was the wrong ending. Yeah. It was. Absolutely. And, you, you could have done something better there. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. When I did this feature, when I wrote it, I actually had the ending in mind first. So oh, that, That's a perfect place to start, actually. Yeah. and I, uh, I have the ending in mind before I start. Right. Yeah. And I wrote the first draft of the script. And my producer, who um, teaches writing at the university here mm -hmm. in the city, uh, he kept, keeps pushing me for story stuff. Good, so he good. kept pushing me to write more drafts of the script. And I wrote up to nine drafts. And by the ninth oh, draft, I read the script and I was like, I don't actually want to make this movie anymore. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah. so the movie had changed so much. And so I went back to the first draft and read the first draft. I'm like, I want to make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's a good lesson too, because sometimes you kind of, when you work on something for so long, you kind of lose why you're doing it. Yeah, I actually want to read this to you. Um, this is a conversation I had with a good, he's one of my favorite people in storytelling. Oh, actually, he sent me voice notes, so I can't read oh. it to you. But I'll sum, summarize what he said. You know, I, uh -huh. I just um, sent a, a new book slash feature pitch. Right. Um, a separate project from this one that I just talked about. Wow. That's, um, <laughs> <So many> projects. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my strategy is as many projects as possible. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Focus on one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I shared that with the agent and the agent had all this feedback that it just felt like the wrong feedback. Right. And this agent was actually passing me to another agent. So it wasn't really a big deal, but I ran it past him and he's just like, don't, don't. You know, he talked about how you listen for the the symptom and not what the patient's describing. Right. So the patient will come and say, I am having all this ha stuff happening, happening. I think it is heart disease, right? Well, if you're a good doctor, you're going to listen to all the other things that they're saying besides the solution, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to ask them like, well, what's the reason for you thinking it's heart disease? Well, I right. have, you know, you listen more to the patient. And mm -hmm. then you can start to discover what the problems are and solve it yourself as the expert. Right. He's not meaning it in, a, in an arrogant way. He's meaning it in like, you really have to trust that you are the person that knows the story the best and that mm -hmm. you are listening to the story. You are, this, you are the servant of the story, not the master. And yeah. you, you're the one who knows how you can go in and fix that patient, fix that problem. Right. And so, yeah, that was his advice. And it was fantastic advice. And he just kept going and rehashing it and saying, like, I would tell him some things that they said. And he's like, don't listen. Don't listen to that. Right. Yeah. You really need, you're the expert here. You know, you need to. Yeah. If I mean, you're the reader, it has to really work in your head because yeah. you're, you're the one telling the story. So if you're trying to push in all these notes from other people, you kind of lose what you're trying to say as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's good advice. The, the good advice he also said about that, he's like, this is a little bit crass, but <laughs> some people want it to smell like them, like they're marking their territory, right? And right. So, and yeah. so he was like, sometimes people suggest a make suggestion because it's their style. They want it to kind of have their mark on it. Yeah. And they'd beware of that because a good storyteller knows that they're the servant of the story, right? Yeah. That story is its own thing. It's its own living entity. Someday it's going to go out among the people and who cares who wrote it? They're right. going to take it and they're going to find meaning in it based yeah. on their experience. And uh, uh -huh. yeah, so, so beware of that too. 
Yeah. When I give, usually when I give notes to friends, I, I always say that these are things that I think would work in my head and what I would do, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily what you should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. I try to be mindful of that too. I try to think of like, how would they think of it? You know? Yeah, I, right. I take mm-hmm. what they are and what the story they are making and yeah. it's that. Right. And that's hard to do. That's really hard to it do. Is. Yeah. Yeah, but also it's like part of being, you know, an artist too, because when you do work freelance, you're always trying to get into whoever's pitching you an idea or yeah. work. You're trying to get into their head. Oh, you absolutely are. Because you have to, you know, bring a vision to life. There. And then you're trying to, and then you're trying to say, I mean, this is what I do as a freelancer. I'm trying to, okay, I'm in their head. Now, how can I get them something better than the way they were expecting? That's right. Some, but it's still in that same realm. Exactly. Those boundaries that, that yeah. they appreciate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fun, a fun, exciting challenge to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're almost to the end here. I'm going to ask the, the get wiser moment and pun intended. <laughs> if, if my goal is to get the greatest amount of truth into a feature film, what process would you recommend? What approach would you recommend? The greatest amount of truth. Truth. Yes. What process would I recommend? Yeah. Hmm. I I take I get truth from life. So any times like the main stories that I'm telling is always a, the source is from something out of my own life. Mm-hmm. So I'd yeah. say take something from life. <laughs> yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, everybody answers it differently. It's very surprising. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a good question when everybody answers it differently. So uh-huh. I, I have to ask every time, and it's, it's very important to me, very important to my yeah. brain to have a deep sense of truth. I mean, I would even add to that that multiple perspectives from life. Right. So I might think, like, I might lean a certain way politically and talk to certain people about that. And then I want to go and find the polar opposite, you know, right. and learn from that. And so yeah. why do they have that perspective? You know, right. why would they think like that? <laughs> and I think most of the world right now, especially right now, we tend to demonize those people who think completely different, right? Right. Go and say, oh yeah, that group of people, they're evil because of this and this and that. I think that's where a storyteller can't go. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I think storytellers have to kind of be empathetic. Very empathetic, yes. Yeah, yeah. you have to write from all perspectives. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. I realize that there's a reason that all those people have those perspectives for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been an awesome time. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. Where, where could they get people follow you if, if they're interested in following your work? I think you have a CloudRise Pictures Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So there's CloudRise Pictures on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, I think I believe at CloudRise LTD. Mm-hmm. And then there's a website, cloudrisepictures.com. Okay. Yeah. And I'll put all of that down in the notes for people. And oh, and I, I forget there's an audio version. If you want to follow me, you just go to scottweiser.com slash follow. You can sign up for my email list there. And I'm Scott K. Weiser on Instagram. So until next time, enjoy. You have been watching the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser. Audio version edited by Kiera Horowitz. Copyright Scott Weiser, LLC 2020.